everyone. Welcome to the show. My name is Emily. And I'm Paige. And today we just want to give a content warning at the top of this episode that the content of the book that we're covering right now is um, a trigger warning for sexual assault and sexual violence. So please take care of yourself and, um, you know, listen to this with care or caution. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. Okay, so before we get into the content, how are you, Paige? How's your week? My week's been good. It's hasn't been too crazy. I sculpted a nose for my restorative art project, and I'm feeling really good about it. I have ingredients to make tortilla soup tonight because it's supposed to snow, and I'm a soup girl, and, you know, the snow just calls for soup. And uh, on top of that, my roommate and I want to do a dry February, um, so I wasn't going to drink tonight, but here's the thing. I know, I don't know if I mentioned this on the pod weeks ago or if I just told Emily, but we were supposed to have our work Christmas party in January, but then we had an ice storm and it got moved to tomorrow. And we have already been told by the owners that they've already prearranged for there to be six bottles of wine just at the at the dinner table waiting for us. And we're having a cocktail hour when we show up and we were told, enjoy ourselves. I'm not one to refuse a gift. So it doesn't make sense for me to dry February 1st and then drink and then dry February for the rest. So I just said, you know, I'll do dry February 3rd to March 3rd. And so I have a drink tonight. You know, it'll be fine. I love that for you. I quote unquote did dry January. I broke it twice, but it was for good reasons both times. When I was at a hockey game and you don't get to go to those very often. So I was just enjoying the experience. The other one was after the Boston market debacle that I described last week. I had a glass of wine because I deserved it. You earned it. I did. Um, Yeah, it's about to snow or it kind of is snowing already in Colorado. It's depressing. I'm ready for it to be over. Yeah, my outfit that I had planned for the stupid party is, it's hot. I It's a cute skirt. It's a sweater, but the skirt is really cute. And now I have to wear stupid snow boots. And as a disclaimer, I wear size three in children's shoes. So my snow boots have Velcro on them. They are literally children's snow boots so the the boots are not going to match do I change my outfit I don't know I don't know I want to dress hot and I know that hoes don't get cold but maybe sometimes they do (laughs) yeah that's fair (laughs) um congrats to Rihanna on being pregnant but sad day for the rest of us because I feel like she'll never (laughs) make another album why god I kind of like the idea that she makes an album featuring this child. Like, this child is a fetus and already more talented than me in more than one ways. So I feel like this child could be on the album and would just kill it. That's so true. And the child's dad will be, is ASAP Rocky, so also a musician. I'm happy for them. I didn't mean to make it sound like I wasn't happy for them. They're celebrities. They don't care what I think. Um, speaking of celebrities, we got the sweetest email from a listener named Des, self-proclaimed lurker, which I'm also a lurker, so I really felt that one. Um, it made me feel like, I don't know, so anytime we get an email, I'm like, people know who I am? It's very weird. Des mentioned that she listens to us at work, and I was like, oh my god, I made it to <laughs> the workplace. I'm a business bitch, you know? Material girl. <laughs> Des mentioned that Emily needs to watch a very Potter musical. And yes, I agree. It is incredible. 10 out of 10 would recommend to anyone, but especially Harry Potter fans. It is so good. Yeah, I know. I have like a list of like 30 things I need to watch. So I'm working on it. But when I only watch like one to two hours of entertainment a week, it's rough. It's a rough go, but I, I will work on it. It is it is light content. It is you it it won't weigh on you. It's easy to watch. It's funny. It I it's classic. You know, I've I've watched it probably like 
10 times. It's so good. And there's Harry Potter musical and a Harry Potter sequel. Both are very good. The the original, I think, is better, but they usually are. Yeah. Okay. Noted. Um, right before we started recording, Paige and I tested out watching a movie on Discord to see if we could do that with our patrons. It didn't work. So if you have any advice, hit us up. We're going to try and like experiment with some other things, and we'll get back to you. The, the way that we tried didn't work. We're going to try some other ways. Discord might work. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, but if anyone has any ideas, if they've ever done anything like this, watching a show with friends that isn't on Netflix or anything like that, let us know. That would be super helpful. Okay, so we covered two chapters this week, Switzerland and Unhappy Ending. Obviously, a lot of heavy content in this one. Um, Paige, do you have any initial thoughts that you'd want to share? First initial thought, we all know I nailed it. In my last calling for Switzerland, I nailed it. I didn't think I was gonna. I thought I was being silly and just being a shithead. But as it turns out, I was right. So I felt really good about that. And also it makes sense because Bella doesn't want to lose a friend slash a boyfriend slash two boyfriends either way. So she would be on the fence. You know, she would. Obviously, the second half is... No, the first half of, um, what's the second one called? Bad News or Unhappy Ending. There we go. Obviously, the first half of Unhappy Ending was challenging to get through, um, but it really did show light into why Rosalie has acted the way that she has throughout the beginning. Um, It just kind of, I guess, fills her out more as a person. We didn't really know a lot about her beginning, and now we do. So, you know, at least we can take that out of it. Um, but then the last part of Unhappy Ending, that was a happy ending for me. I was a, definitely a big fan of that. I am really excited to see how that plays out. Okay, yeah, that's so funny that you say that because Friend of the Pod Gem was tweeting at us today and they posted a GIF of, I think it was from Friends, I'm pretty sure, but it was some characters dancing and <laughs> they captioned it like a page when she's free or Paige when Bella is free from Edward or something like that it was very funny yeah I like imagine so imagine you're a toxic person okay you're controlling your significant other you know don't hang out with your friends they're dangerous don't worry I won't kill you whatever blah 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 imagine you're that but then also getting the rest of your six family members to kidnap them and keep them hostage while you're out of town. Like, just imagine. That was silly, goofy things. <laughs> silly, goofy things. Yeah, it's fucked up. We'll get into it momentarily. Um, I'm thinking for next time, if I can find something good, I will bring, like, an article on Rosalie and the feminist angle of it. I feel like I've seen some stuff around, but if any listeners have any recommendations on, like, thought pieces or anybody that anything that anybody in the fandom has shared, send it my way um yeah I guess we can wait to get into that until that chapter so first we'll cover Switzerland it starts off with a bang of Edward literally stalking Bella she's just driving and he's following her this is like horror movie like you know the scene in um Silence of the Lambs when they're playing that Tom Petty song and it's like all happy and then she actually gets murdered. That's how this felt. It had the same vibe. Here's what I'm picturing, okay? I'm Susan Jones. I am a Forks citizen. I'm just, you know, driving down the street, whatever. And Bella Swan's notable loud truck passes me, okay? I note that that's Bella because... I know it, you know, small town, notable car. Tailgating her, right behind her, headlights flashing, angry eyes is rich silver Volvo, which is also a notable vehicle in this town. Because money, um, and also the Collins are, you know, gossip, you know. I see this going on. Am I not concerned? Now, I would be like, do I need to call the police? This seems dangerous. Is she okay? Is she safe? Turn my car around. Do I need to follow her and make sure that everything is okay? I would be concerned. 
yeah, I mean, you said it. I don't know what else to add because it's so fucking insane. For, we've said this before many times, but I will just add, for all of the effort that the Cullens go to to stay under the radar, Edward really do be like, hold my beer. <laughs> hold my beer. I got some shit to fuck up. Yeah, not just in this, but, like, in his life. As we know, like, in the past, he went out and, like, hunted down murderers and stuff. It's just, like, he's not following the the Cullen family motto. I don't know what to do with him. I just, I don't know. I never know what to do with him. Yeah. (laughs) Same. Well, so Bella doesn't want to deal with it. She calls herself, like, a, a coward or something like that. But I'm like, no, I wouldn't deal with this either. And she goes to Angela's house. And my note for this entire section of the chapter was just Angela with five hearts next to it. Because she's just so wholesome. She is so wholesome. This whole thing is great. We'll get into it. I have many talking points. But the first one is any time that Bella does anything normal and spends time with a non-supernatural being, just a regular high schooler, I am reminded, oh, yeah. She's in high school. Oh, yeah. She's, like, has graduation to think about. You know, like, I, I feel like the, the fiction of it all takes me out of it sometimes. But I'm like, what was I doing at this time in my life? I had cystic acne. I was going into my journalism major. Like, normal things like that. Like, that is the setting right now. Is She is still in high school. And you forget about it. Yeah, because <laughs> nothing is realistic to high school at all, except for, like, these moments. Yeah, honestly. And, the and I should say, the emotional maturity of the characters. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, stop me if you have a to- uh, talking point that I missed, but um, when Bella first gets there, Ben, Angela's boyfriend, is there, and he's going to watch a movie with one of his friends, and she's like, Angela is so happy that she doesn't have to go because she calls it a plotless, badly dubbed martial arts film. And then Bella sees the amount of graduation announcements that they have to address and she's shook. I'm just like, Angela's raking it in. I'm happy for her because I remember how much I got from those. And Angela also strikes me as she's really smart. She is going to a good college. Like her family is really proud of her. Like all of her family friends are going to be super happy that she did well so she deserves to make 200 not that she deserves to make them but she has impacted that many people because she's such a great gal that yeah people should know that she's graduating and going to a good college amen i would send her a gift if she was real (laughs) it would be like five dollars because of my income but it's fine okay so So Angela can tell that something is up with Bella. So she asks her what's up. And at first Bella's like, no, I'm not going to talk to her about it. And Angela's like already kind of moving on from it. But then Bella's like, you know what? I actually do want to be normal for once. So she decides to talk to Angela about the parts that she can talk about, which is like not all of it. This is like when I would be in therapy in college and I'd be like, I don't want to tell my therapist how wasted I was. So I'll just tell him the other details. It's like crucial information that you're leaving out. It's not lying. It's just not saying everything. If you if you don't say it, it's not a lie, you know? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Isn't that called a lie of omission? The, uh, anyways. <laughs> Okay, so Bella, basically, all she has to say is Jacob Black. And Angela's like, oh, Edward's jealous. And Bella's like, no, he just thinks Jacob's like a bad influence. And I'm like, no, he is jealous, babe. Later on when she asks him and he's like, there is no doubt in my mind or whatever that I just want your protection. I'm like, you know how it's a thing when liars, they have to, like, oversay the thing? That's how you know. Methinks thy lady doth protest too much, Edward. That was horrible. Go back to Cockney. 
bloody brilliant, love. Ah, horrible. <laughs> but I agree with the sentiment. <sighs> okay, so... Yeah, so Bella tries to tell Angela that's not the reason, and Angela's like, man, like, that's, that is the reason, actually. And she's like, it's tough that you and Jacob are so close, and and your boyfriend doesn't like him. And she, then she goes like, I wonder how Ben would handle that. And then they change the subject. Yeah, I did appreciate this interaction because Angela, I, I really like that Angela kind of, gives Bella the option whether she wants to talk about it or she doesn't want to talk about it like Angela's like hey I I know that you might you're feeling a little weird right now do you want to talk about it or we can talk about something else she kind of gives her the option if you want to open up I'm here for you but if you I mean if you want to talk about something else that's totally fine too you know I'm I'm your friend and I just want to be here for you in the way that you need it and I really really like that because being overly prying, I feel like could detract from the trying to helpness of it. So her being like, if you want to, you know, I'm here. If you don't, you don't have to. I really like that about her. Yeah, me too. And even though Bella does leave out a lot of crucial information, as we were joking about earlier, like it's almost kind of a good thing because then Angela sees it without blinders, you know, and I feel like she really cuts to the heart of it, which is that Edward's jealous. So in that sense, it's like a really valuable perspective to have. Absolutely. And uh, Bella would never have seen that because, you know, Jacob is amazing and Edward is also amazing. So what would Edward have to be jealous for? You know, in Bella's eyes, Edward is capital G God, basically. And he has nothing to be jealous of, but we all know. We all know. Yes, we do. <laughs> Edward is 17, so. True. Jacob is 25. I'm just kidding. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and then, since we, we had that really great conversation, I'm already in a good mood. Stephanie really made me feel good and bad at the same time. When Ben shows back up, it's like, this is what significant other slash a boyfriend is supposed to do when with going to the house of their partner he shows up he goes to Angela's room he gently knocks on the door and then Angela's like you can come in Ben and then he comes in he doesn't sneak in through the window. He's not there all the time. He doesn't watch her when she sleeps. I don't know. I just like, oh, yeah, that's what normal, normal high school boys should do. You know, this is this is what normal people in general should be doing. Yeah, I'm really glad you pointed that out. The juxtaposition <laughs> alone is very funny. Just because you're supernatural doesn't mean you can't be polite. That almost sounded like a Taylor Swift lyric. <laughs> Real Swifties know. <laughs> Also, I know that I know that this was addressed in Twilight, but I think it's a real shame that Stephanie didn't didn't have the the thing where vampires have to ask permission to enter places. That would have been hilarious in the show What We Do in the Shadows. They do that, but it's it's very it's not really talked about like the vampires show up to a parking garage or something like that and they can't like go into the parking garage and they're like hey can we come in and the parking garage attendant is like yeah just like walk by and or he just says something like what 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 like just just do it and they're like oh no like if you want to you can say that we could come in like they have to be super casual about it until they say like yeah, come in, and then they can walk in. I think it would be really funny if that was a thing, but it would take away from the romance and the seriousness of everything. And I mean, how would Edward get in at all hours of the day if Bella's not there? They can't go in through a window? Oh, you nope. mean if Bella's not there? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It's not like Edward can just show up and be like, hey, Charlie, is it okay if I sneak into Bella's room really quick? Is that okay? You're okay with that? Cool. I'll be in the closet. Oh, Lord have mercy. The logistics of that would be a nightmare, to be fair. So Bella goes home, and she has a brief convo with Charlie. 
and she's dreading running into Edward because she knows that he's in her room. Shouldn't have dread, but okay. So he like is not saying anything at first, and then this is his opener. Bella, do you have any idea how close I came to crossing the line today, to breaking the treaty and coming after you? Do you know that what that would have meant? It's just like I don't know. I just feel like the tone of it. He's treating her like he's being condescending. He's being very condescending. Also, I might add, Edward, you're crossing the line every fucking day in my mind. True. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they just have this exact same argument that they always have. I mean, it, de- it never changes. They're hot and they're cold. They're yes and they're no, you know? In and out, up and down. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they go back and forth with, like, Bella saying, I'm doing what I want, and Edward saying, no, you're not. And then Bella does, as I mentioned earlier, breach. Is that the right word? Breach the subject? Yeah, I guess. She does breach the subject of Edward being jealous. And I'll read this part. His eyes blazed. This is only about you. All I care is that you're safe. The black fire in his eyes was impossible to doubt. I'm like, maybe for you. (laughs) Wasn't for me. I didn't really like think about it. In in my mind, I just kind of figured that the reason that Edward was so angry about the whole thing is because of the feud that's been going on between the werewolves and the vampires for so long. But as soon as Angela said he's jealous, I was like, oh yeah, he definitely 100% is. When when Jacob is at the school and making Edward think about Bella feeling sad, there was probably also a hint of you could never you could never give her the warmth, the sunshine UV rays that I give her. And Edward's like, yeah, I fucking can't. I'm ice cold. You know, I could see Jacob sort of implanting that idea in his head. And now Edward can't get it out of his head. Totally. That's totally his MO. I don't think the two things are mutually exclusive. Like he can be a racist and also be jealous. That's 100% true. Yes. I just, I never made the connection myself until Angela said it. And then I was like, oh, right. That is definitely a common thread in teenage boys and also teenagers in general. Yeah, true. Uh, So then Bella does her fucking Switzerland speech that Paige nailed. Um, Do you want to read it aloud? Bottom of page 143. Mm -hmm. Okay. I sighed. I believe that, but I want you to know something. When it comes to all this enemies nonsense, I'm out. I'm a neutral country. I am Switzerland. I refuse to be affected by territorial disputes between mythical creatures. Jacob is family. You are, well, not exactly the love of my life, because I expect to love you for much longer than that. The love of my existence. I don't care who's a werewolf and who's a vampire. If Angela turns out to be a witch, she could join the party too. I would love if Angela was a witch. Just saying. I, do you want me to keep reading or do you want me to expand on an idea? I think just expand on the idea. Okay. It's not a good idea. I, I just, I'm genuinely curious. Just some fun banter. Um, so in this scenario, Bella, Switzerland. So with Jacob and Edward, who are the allies or who's the allies? And who is the Axis powers? Uh, I don't know enough about world history, bro. I just like like what she is saying. I'm like the, these things don't don't go together. What what you're getting at, it doesn't go. It doesn't go. I see what you're getting at, but I don't agree. Yeah. It's isn't there a term for that in literature, like mixed metaphor or like something where it just doesn't make sense? I could see it. I there probably is. I just don't know. Yeah. Weak. Yeah, I you know, I think they're both losers. Not no, I I don't. I don't. I think they're they're okay. Jacob's cool. Edward is sometimes okay. You know, they're not both losers. Sometimes they're losers. Have you seen that meme of that guy at a sporting event where he's just holding up a sign that says, I I just hope both teams have fun. Yes, that is actually very type two energy. 
Yes, it is. And I, that's how I feel about this situation. I, I know they're not gonna, but I wish they would. Okay, so after this, Edward has to leave again because he came back early, didn't go hunting, so completely defeated the purpose. So Bella calls Jacob and makes plans to hang out with him. And that all comes crashing down around her when she realizes that Alice is kidnapping Bella for the weekend, already cleared it with Charlie, um, and has been paid with a yellow Porsche to do this, this time and any other time Edward has to leave town. The fact that she was paid to do it, I feel like makes it even dirtier. Like, I already hated it, but why do you have to... It, it makes it a crime at this point. Like, I, I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, it's yucky. And it's immature. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. How, how is Bella, I mean, like, genuinely, genuinely, I know that the vampires could physically stop her. But I feel like if she put up enough of a fit, if she really, really was, like, like, viscerally upset and made made a huge stink about it do you think they would eventually let her go like I feel like she could try something a little more do you agree or no I don't know maybe but I just can't picture Bella doing that because when she gets upset she just goes numb she doesn't like ever you know she has quote-unquote temper tantrums sometimes but even those are like not very fiery you're right. You're right. I definitely agree that she never would. But if she did, like, like, imagine she went to Esme and she was like, I can't do this, Esme. I'm I can't do it. And made a huge fit. I feel like Esme's heart would go out to her, you know, or like if she just ran and then she screamed. I don't know. I don't know. What if she called on? What if she called 911? I don't know if she called 911 from the Cullen house and was like, hey, the Collins are holding me hostage. She would never do that. But, like, I feel like she could have done something to get out of the situation. I don't think she had no options. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just that she will not go to those lengths. Now that I'm thinking about it, do the Collins have a phone? Because Edward calls Alice on a cell phone. Yeah, they have to have a phone because... Oh, wait, no. Bella asks to borrow Alice's. Well, she just says your phone. I don't know if it's the family phone. I don't know. Anyways, I think she could have called 911. <laughs> and Charlie would have answered. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like in I like in this scenario, Charlie is both the police and the dispatch. <laughs> and the ambulance driver. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's funny. Okay, all of that aside, all of it aside. This slumber party sounds rad as fuck, bro. <laughs> Painting nails, good Italian food, movies, girl time. Go ahead, Paige. You're definitely right, 100%. All sounds good. I do want to I do want to just point out, let me find the actual wording of it because I want to read it and then yes and it. Okay. So I'm going to read it. It wasn't so bad, except for the fact I was being held against my will, which I hate that sentence. Esme brought Italian food, the good stuff, all the way from Port Angeles. Like, is that where the best stuff is? Like, the good stuff is in Port Angeles. What about, like, Seattle? Or, like, like uh, Saint, what's, what's the capital of Washington? Augusta? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, she could have ran to Canada and gotten some fancy French cuisine somewhere. Like, Bella's making it sound like the Italian food in Port Angeles is literally Italy. Like, I, there's probably better Italian food somewhere else. I don't know. It just maybe I just, maybe, maybe I'm being too critical, but I'm like, the good stuff is in Port Angeles? I've never even heard of Port Angeles. Okay, slow down, because Port Angeles is literally where they went to the Italian restaurant in the first book. I know, I know that it's a, it's a callback. I know that for sure. I'm just saying like, it's the good stuff. I'm like, is that the, the good stuff? Is there not other good stuff? Like, I don't know. I'm picturing the good stuff is like Fazoli's. I don't know. I, (laughs) I don't know. I just figure there's better stuff somewhere else. 
they have the opportunity to run super fast and go farther than Port Angeles, you know? They could have gone they could have gone somewhere else. They could have gone to Oregon. They could have gone to California probably and back in a time because Edward has fucking planned this out. You know he has. This is he probably knew about this 24 to 48 hours in advance. They they could have had done some planning for this. I'm just saying. They could have gotten some really good stuff, you know. Yeah. I agree with you. Again, I might be I might be being a too hypercritical and I think it's because I'm salty that Bella is literally being held against her will right now. Yeah, I think my standards are just low. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if someone is giving me free Italian food, don't get me wrong, I will happily take it. I just, the description, I'm like, I, I don't know about it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, this is like only tangentially related, but we drove by this restaurant called Bella Italia the other day. We being me and boyfriend of the pod, Jacob, and we're going to go there, we think, for fucking Valentine's Day. The only thing on the menu is mushroom ravioli. <laughs> so funny. I think my standards are just low because I rarely like go out to eat for myself because it's just an expense I cannot, I cannot abide. So if you told me you were getting me fazolis, I'd be like, hell yeah. Yeah, I, like I said, don't get me wrong. Free Italian food, hell yeah. I just, even if it, like, even if it's free, I don't know if I would still describe it as the good stuff. Because to me, that's like the best of the best of the best. The good stuff. You know? Okay. All right, fine. Fine. So then... I mean, Bella's just crabby the whole time, which is her prerogative. She calls Jacob to cancel their plans. And Jacob says, does he lock you in a coffin? And Bella laughs. And Jacob says, I don't think that's funny. And Bella says, I'm only laughing because you're close. Okay. Well, maybe you should not be dating him, but whatever. Jacob threatens to come up there with his pack and set her free. And then Bella kind of makes a joke out of it and saying like, I have been tortured. Alice painted my toenails. They're just trying to keep me safe. And that's kind of the end of the conversation. I really don't like that Bella is defending this because she has an issue with it. And I know that she's trying to sort of calm Jacob and the situation down, but like, She's validating him, not him, meaning Jacob. She's validating Edward and everything they're doing. And also simultaneously saying the reason that they're doing this is because me going to you, which is what she would do if they were not doing this, is a threat. She's like acknowledging that to essentially his face. You know, I would be insulted if I was Jacob, if I heard that. Yeah. I would too, and I agree with you. The only small, like, little tiny voice in the back of my head is, like, when Jacob said himself that it's not safe for him to be around Bella. Like, I think about that sometimes. That's true. That's true. Bella has said so many times, though, that Jacob is not a threat. So, you know, I I wish Bella would, like, either say he's not a threat or acknowledge like yeah there's a there is danger in what I'm doing you know like I don't know I feel like it's flip-floppy in many different ways Edward and Jacob together yeah now I'm picturing flip-flops with their faces on them that way you can walk all over whoever you want to (laughs) our newest merch piece (laughs) okay so then she leaves Edward a voicemail? I don't know. This voicemail has weird energy. I feel like Stephanie kind of thought this was, like, kind of sexy of Bella, but I didn't like it. I'm not even going to read it. I thought about reading it aloud, but I'm like, no, I don't want to. You want me to do it? Uh, are you going to do it in a weird voice? I, I can if you want to. Do whatever you should, whatever you like. You are in trouble, I said slowly, emphasizing each word enormous trouble. Angry grizzly bears are going to look tame next to what is waiting for you at home. That's the sound of her slamming the phone shut. Her Motorola Motorola razor shut. 
Thanks, I hated it. <laughs> uh, okay, so then Alice, like, very conspicuously follows Bella to Edward's room where she's going to be sleeping, and he has bought her a giant bed for his room. And she hates it. She thinks it's, like, overdoing it. So she grabs the comforter and the pillow and moves to sleep on the couch. I'm built different. I'd be in that bed. <laughs> I, that, I mean, I guess it doesn't super surprise me, but I actually love that about Bella. I'm like, it's a little petty, but I love it. I love it. I love it. Fuck you, Edward, and your stupid expensive bed. I love it, too. I'm just saying that I value my sleep so much, I'd be like, I'll pretend to not like it when he gets back. <laughs> it is also a school night. So like, you know, getting a good night's sleep is kind of important in this situation. Right. True. Um, but before she goes to sleep, Rosalie comes in and asks if she can talk to her. Well, I guess she just asks if she can come in. Did you have anything from chapter six that we didn't cover? Nope. We hit it all. Okay. So anyone that's familiar with the series knows what Rosalie is in here to talk about. She basically tells Bella her vampire origin story. Um, so she describes kind of her life before, you know, her, her human life and how it was. Um, she was living in Rochester, New York. And Bella does note at one time that like, if Edward had stayed human, they would have been about the same age. But obviously Edward was turned before Rosalie was. So Rosalie just describes how she calls herself young and shallow. I just, you know, with this, with the new wave of feminism that has happened in recent years and like making it okay for women to like enjoy the fact that they're beautiful and celebrate that they're beautiful. I just kind of wish Rosalie had a little bit of that because I don't think that she should feel bad for like, doing that yeah I feel like in a way like you know how old people sometimes even though they had plenty of time to learn new ways of thinking they kind of just are stuck in kind of how they grew up I feel like the vampires in general could have that mindset I feel like sometimes Edward I mean a lot of times Edward is very old-fashioned in the way that he talks and his attitudes and stuff and so you know kind of seeing that about herself and judging that about herself I I I, I can see how her mind went that way but like you said you know if this book was written maybe five, ten years later, maybe she would have had a little bit different a tone. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so she kind of describes how the number one thing that she wanted was just to, like, basically, I mean, what everyone else wants, not everyone, but a lot of people want, you know, she wants to be loved, and she wants to have kids, and she just wants to be, like, adored, and I'm like, same girl. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I love attention. Yeah. So her parents basically kind of orchestrate this meeting between her and the most popular bachelor in town, basically. Um, his family owns, like, a lot of the things in the town. And, you know, they start courting, I guess would probably be. I don't know if it, this is, like, the 1930s, so they probably didn't still say courting. She says their courtship at one point in this chapter. So I think that that's appropriate. Okay, cool. Um, you know, he kind of brings her around to all these different events and she feels very much like royalty. Um, but she does note that kind of a downside is that they, they don't really get to know each other because they are almost never alone because they're always just at these events. And, you know, they get engaged and the wedding's coming up. And right a week before it happens, so Royce and his friends sexually assault Rosalie in the streets and murder her. Um, I think it's fair to call it murder because if Carlisle hadn't intervened, she would have died. So, Absolutely. I mean, that was the desire of what happened. That was what what they wanted to happen, essentially. Yeah, the intent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so then she kind of transitions into talking about, you know, when she first met Carlisle and he saved her. Um, she had seen them around town and she hadn't really liked them, you know, but she she said that they didn't really mingle in society, so she didn't know them. Um, and so she thought that she was dying because, you know, he ran with her trying to save her. And obviously this would be so extremely confusing to anyone. Um, and he changes her and tries to explain to her what's happening. And she believes it. And of course, Edward is making it all about himself as per usual. He just, he's talking about how it's going to bring too much attention on them and Carlisle is saying, well, it was worth it to me, is essentially what he's saying. Like, it was too much. I couldn't let her die. Yeah, I, I, Carlisle had no way of knowing what was going through Rosalie's head at this time. And I feel like Carlisle saw this act and just he knew how despicable and evil it was. And in his mind, this was redeeming. This was sort of almost fixing the wrong. But he had no way of knowing that Rosalie had sort of accepted and was ready for the outcome, I guess. So, you know, I, in a way, I feel a little bad for Carlisle because in Carlisle's eyes, he's like, you know, this girl just had the worst possible thing done to her this evil despicable act and what I'm doing is an act a good act I'm helping her I'm doing this but like in Rosalie's eyes he was not helping her and I guess he had no way of knowing that it is it is sad because like you know I I know obviously even if even if it wasn't anything negative. Even if Rosalie hadn't, if none of that had happened, Carlisle doing that to her still isn't okay without him getting that consent from her. But knowing like how bad it was and where, what Carlisle was seeing and what was maybe probably going through his head, I do feel just a little bit bad that like, I wish, I wish Edward could have been there and Edward could have been like, she doesn't want that. I can read her mind right now. She doesn't want that. Just let's go. You know, it is very unfortunate in more ways than one. Yeah. It's like they say, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Just kind of how the chips fell with what Carlisle did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Rosalie basically wakes up as a vampire and I'm just going to read this section. It's on page 162. Shallow as I was, I felt better when I saw my reflection in the mirror the first time. Despite the eyes, I was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. She laughed to herself for a moment. It took some time before I began to blame the beauty for what had happened to me, for me to see the curse of it. To wish that I had been, well, not ugly, but normal, like Vera, her friend. So I could have been allowed to marry someone who loved me and have pretty babies. That's what I really wanted all along. It still doesn't seem like too much to have asked for. That's like the dagger to the heart line because it's not too much to ask for. It's not too much to ask for. And also none of that was your fault. Literally nothing was your fault. You've done nothing wrong. Nothing that happened to you was anything that you could have had any control over or asked for in any way like in a way she's like or not in a way she is blaming herself and just the way that she looked for what had happened and no the reason that this happened to you is because a bunch of evil people decided to do something horrible and none of that is your fault yep one thousand percent so she then talks about how she got her revenge by killing the five people that were involved, as well as two guards that were guarding Royce, um, her fiance. So, you know, I mean, Paige and I have said before that, like, we'll never excuse murder, but to me, this is almost like justice. I just think that it's Rosalie taking, I don't, not ownership, but almost like she's, giving the response that she 
feels is accurate. And I feel like it's not up to anyone else to decide whether or not that's fair. I mean, those people made a decision for her that she had no control over whatsoever. Right, exactly. And I mean, I'll just come out and say, like, I fully support it because it's what they deserve, in my opinion. But I know that not everybody probably would feel that way. There was a line in Midnight Sun. I don't remember what the context was, but oh, I remember they were talking about early on when Jasper and Rosalie were plotting to kill Bella to like get rid of the problem. And Carlisle says something along the lines of like, I looked the other way in Rochester because it was your business basically. And so obviously Carlisle didn't approve, but I'm just like, it's, it was her business. It's not yours, Carlisle. Yeah. I, we, I I feel like we chatted about, I don't remember if it was in Twilight or if it was in Midnight Sun or anything, but I feel like we had to talk about if it's, if it was morally right. It, I think it was when Edward had confessed to Bella about when he was killing people, but bad people. And if that was okay for him to do or not. And for me, seeing Rosalie sort of reclaim what was taken from her in a way that seems a little more just because she is the one that they did that to. Like if someone now I'm not trying to, to diminish murder in any way, but like if someone takes steals something from you and you steal it back, I wouldn't say that's not stealing. That's it's your thing, you know? So like, I mean, they went out of their way to do something horrible to her with the intent of the outcome. Like, they chose to do that. They made that horrible choice and wanted to do that to an innocent person. They're no longer innocent people themselves. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. There's definitely shades of gray in all of this. And Paige and I are not, like, the final voice in what's wrong and right, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, So no judgment if you don't agree with, you know, kind of what Paige and I have said here. So... When Rosalie finishes telling Bella about that, she then goes into explaining why she didn't like Bella at first. And she, I like that she like owned the fact and like owned up to the fact and was honest with Bella about like, I was jealous that Edward found someone other than me beautiful because he had never found anyone beautiful. And Bella at first is like, what the fuck? (laughs) Which same. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's valid. I, This is going to sound really silly, but I think it's applicable. So if the listeners don't know, I am very short. I'm five foot. Um, I've been short all my life. I have always been one of, if not the shortest person in my class. And not that I'm like proud of it, but I don't know. It's just something that I always like. That's just kind of like a trait of mine that I'm very short. And like a year or two ago, my current roommate got a new roommate. And she was like, you have to meet Olivia. She's super cool. Like, you know, she's into a bunch of the same stuff that we are. And I went over and Olivia was shorter than me. She is shorter than me. And it was like a whole thing. Like Olivia's the short one. And I was like, is she though? Are you sure? Is she? Well, we can both be like, I, I was jealous about it. I was like, Wait, there can only be one of us, so I guess it's Olivia now. Like, I'm like, that is nothing that you should care about at all. But I did because that was always my thing, you know? So I can see where Rosalie's coming from. Totally. <laughs> Relatable. That's funny. Um, Rosalie says that she's over it now, but then Bella says, but you still don't like me. And, and Rosalie is like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, which I appreciate her honesty. And Bella asks her why. And Rosalie gives, you know, kind of the short speech. So I'll read this too. Don't you see, Bella? You already have everything. You have a whole life ahead of you, everything I want. And you're going to just throw it away. Can't you see that I'd trade everything I have to be you? You have the choice that I didn't have and you're choosing wrong. Which we kind of already knew like shades of this because 
of conversations Rosalie had with Edward in Midnight Sun, but it's good to hear it from her words. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like Bella has really only, she's heard people be like Alice being like, yeah, like do it. You should, you should be a vampire. I'd love to have you be a vampire. And Edward is like, mm, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to take your soul away, but I mean, if you want me to, we have to be married. Like, I don't know, hearing it come from the perspective of someone like, I don't like this about myself. I wish I could have everything that you have right now. Like, I, I feel like Edward in a way doesn't like it about himself, but also kind of likes it. He hasn't really expressed this perspective of it. Like you have the option to, you know, start a family if you want to. You have the option of, you know, growing old, sitting on the porch with your husband with gray hair. Like this is a, a perspective that all through the books, Bella has been shitting on. Like, I don't want to get old. That sounds horrible to me. Getting old is the worst thing. And Rosalie is like, I would give anything to do that right now. And then Bella, I feel like Bella hasn't heard that yet. And I'm really glad that Rosalie is offering that perspective of this is something that you should think about, like something that I really want. You maybe should consider wanting it too if you haven't already, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Bella needed to hear it. Even if it, you know, doesn't affect her at all. I'm glad that she heard it. Absolutely. Um, Rosalie talks briefly about Emmett, and I just have always loved this line. It's like probably my favorite line in the whole series on page 167. Um, you know, she's talking about how she just saved, not just saved, she's talking about how she saved Emmett because he reminded her of her friend's son. Um and, you know, there was just so much innocence on his face that she says, even though I hated this life, I was selfish enough to ask Carlisle to change him for me. So the line that I really like is, I got luckier than I deserved. Emma is everything I would have asked for if I'd known myself well enough to know what to ask for. That's so cute. It is really cute. I Their relationship is really wholesome. And knowing how much Emmett really 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 does love her and knowing what I know now about Rosalie and like what she's wanted and for herself for so long knowing that at least she can get something like that from Emmett is it is really nice yeah yep so she kind of wraps up her and Bella's conversation by saying just think about it a little once it's done it can be undone um and then she says, you will remember your human life. It's a lot to give up. That is, that was one that got me too. Like, Carlisle can't really, ha I don't think Carlisle has remembered quite a lot. Edward also is say, has said, you know, he can't remember what his mom sounded like. He can't remember what his dad sounded like. But it seems like Rosalie has a lot of memories about her human life. She had a little bit longer of being alive in a way. And, you know, that kind of kills me. Like, yeah, you're you're going to remember it. You're going to remember all the things that you are not going to have access to now. And you're going to miss that a little bit. Yeah. Wish Bella would listen. But no. So the next day is a Friday. And Alice is still kidnapping Bella because Edward's not supposed to be back until Saturday. And she's trying to, like, make it fun and tell Bella that they could go out tonight. And Bella's just not having it, understandably. And then she's walking to class with Mike, or walking out of class, I think, with Mike. <laughs> Poor Mike. He's just the fucking punching bag in this scene. Um, he is like, is Edward hiking this weekend? And Bella says yes. And then he says, you want to do something tonight? And Bella says how could he still sound hopeful? <laughs> Good point. He just won't take no for an answer. At this point, Bella's met his parents. He, you know, Bella's gone to the movies with him. It's getting serious now. Like, they maybe something will come of it. Sure, she's dating the hottest guy at school. But maybe, maybe there's a chance. <laughs> he is the epitome of that meme where it's like, um, a guy shooting a basketball and then he turns around and he's like celebrating, but you can still see the hoop behind him and it misses. 
I mean, at least, at least he gets a kiss out of this. True. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about it. Bella says that she can't do something with him. And then Jacob rolls up on his motorcycle and he's like, run, Bella. And she's like, oh, hell yeah. She goes to Mike and says, I got really sick and went home, okay? And he says, fine, poor guy. He's fucking like, what? <laughs> this is not his responsibility. But she kisses him on the cheek and then she leaves with Jacob. <sighs> I mean, that's pretty much the end. Yeah. They just, they make it to La Push without Alice catching them. And Jacob asks Bella what she wants to do with the day. And she says, anything. Anything. I laughed back. It felt great to be free. And then Jacob says, let's make out. <laughs> with consent. Look, Bella was this, this close to kissing him in freaking New Moon. So it could, who knows? Maybe they will kiss. Who knows? Amen. Uh, did you have anything from that one we didn't cover? No, we got it all. Okay. Next week we're reading just one, chapter eight. It's called Temper. <laughs> Paige just made a hilarious face. So it could go one of three slash two of three ways. One, Temper describes, actually, maybe four. Who knows? I don't know. We'll see. Temper could be describing Edward's temper at what Bella has just done, spending time on the reservation. Two, the temper of the wolves, i.e. could be Jacob, could be one of the other wolves. Who's to say? I, I, if it is about the not the Cullens, the temper will probably be the the wolves and their emotions. Three, it could be both. Four, maybe it's Bella's temper. Maybe she's going to be the one to say, hey, I'm sick of this. I'm out. But I don't think it's going to be that one because I don't think Bella has too much of a temper. I love that now you've just resorted to throwing out all possible options so that you have to be right no matter what. Six, it could be temper like when you're heating down metal and you temper it to sort of solidify. No, I don't know. Actually, know what that word means in context of that. So I can't even bullshit. I think you do glass, not metal. Seven, temper, temperpedic mattress. So Edward actually buys a new bed for Bella. <laughs> You're on some dumb shit, friend. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I gotta go run my dishwasher, so you know where to find us. Why did I fucking say that? You know where to find us on social medias, but just in case, uh, we're on Twitter at TappedPod, T-A-F-T-Pod, Instagram and Tumblr at Tuesdays After Twilight. We still have not heard from anyone on Tumblr. Tumblr, where are you at? Where are you at? But everybody, everyone else on the other networks has been great. Um, if you want to email us like Des did, our email is TuesdaysAfterTwilight at gmail.com. Um, I know we just keep saying that we'll figure out the Patreon thing, but we will. We will figure out how to watch New Moon with the patrons. So if you want to be in on that or just support us, our Patreon is Patreon.com slash TuesdaysAfterTwilight. Um, as always, please consider donating to the Quilliot's efforts to move their cultural lands to higher ground. Um, and that's at mthg.org. And also, um, I didn't like run this by page or anything, but I'm sure she would agree. Um, just given the content of this week's episode, um, I know that Rain, the organization Rain, is a really good and vetted organization for um, survivors of sexual assault. So that's another good one to donate to um, if you're compelled to do so after this episode. All righty. What do you got, Paige? I think given... One of the things that you mentioned earlier, um, I think this goes without saying. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. Okay? And you know what? You got, sometimes you got to go to work, 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 work. Sometimes you have to do that. But when times get tough, you get under that umbrella, Ella, Ella, A, A, A. Okay? All right, because in the end, you will find love in a hopeless place. You've taken it and too I, far. I, I, <laughs> what'd you say? I said you've taken it too far. Congratulations, Rihanna. 
Oh my lord. Okay, we'll see you next week for chapter eight of Eclipse. Peace out. Bye. <laughs> Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs>